Hello there and welcome, welcome, welcome. I'm Sarah from Sarah Faruya Coaching and this is the Legends Podcast. I believe there are many, many ways to lead a life and everybody has stories and I want to tell them and share them. These legends are a collection of people who I have found during my 20 years in Tokyo and before. All of them are brilliant people. And when I became bored with reading another billionaire's biography, I thought I want to tell the stories of the people who I meet who are absolutely fascinating, but you won't see on your regular podcast interview. They have overcome obstacles, both systemic and internal, and we cover all kinds of things from creativity, grief, racism, business, disaster, loss, trolling, infertility, farming, eating disorder, eco-feminism, and more. We have elite athletes, people who live on Zen temples in remote parts of Japan, BBC newscaster to Taekwondo champion. Please enjoy these amazing stories from what they've overcome, from what they've built, from what they've created, from the way that they talk. I'm just delighted thinking about it. So please get stuck in and enjoy this next legend. Welcome, 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 everybody. Um, this is Sarah Faruya of Sarah Faruya Coaching. And today I am so thrilled to be um, hosting my good friend and one of Tokyo's leading entrepreneurs. She calls herself a multipreneur, currently the VP of three companies. Um, N4, a company that was started in 2000 by her parents and her brother and herself. Um, also Tokyo Family Stays, which she's the president and founder of with her husband, um, which is all about rentals in Tokyo. And recently, launched Tracy Northcott Consulting, where she consults people on setting up their own rentals. Um, Tracy is a dear friend. We've known each other for about 20 years now. She's been in Japan for 20 years and has run the full gamut of entrepreneurial activities, um, starting off with flip top phones. They started the first dictionary on a flip top phone then very quickly had to innovate about 10 years ago with the advent of the iPhone and smartphones and then diversified the N4 portfolio into many, many different areas. Tracy has seen ups and downs in many parts of the business and has had a legendary crash that I think she will tell us about later, um, which um, I invited her to come and talk about at the Women in Business Club once. Um, she was known as the Katai Goddess, and you can still find her blog, The Katai Goddess, out there in the world, which uh, was a really great read and regularly updated in the in the days before Facebook. Um, as I said, in 2013, Airbnb became the big thing, and at one point she had 20-plus Airbnbs in Tokyo and was making a fantastic living off of that. Um, she's a devoted mother, devoted sister, a devoted wife and a devoted daughter. And I am absolutely thrilled to be welcoming you today, Tracy. Oh gosh, thank you, Sarah. You're thank so, you. so welcome. So um, why don't you start off by telling us all about your background, your upbringing, your childhood and, and the influence of your lovely parents in your life? Hmm. Well, how long have we got? <laughs> <laughs> Um, I could talk about, you know, 
like anybody, I can talk about myself all day. Yeah, I'm so happy to hear that. <laughs> but um, I, I feel blessed, like, uh, number one. I feel, like, extremely blessed to have uh, been clever enough to have chosen my parents well. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm an army brat, so I moved around a lot as, as a kid. Mm-hmm. Um, but overall, it was an extremely happy, happy childhood mm-hmm. um, with, with very supportive uh family um uh, family and friends and um it was kind of a magical time oh. and uh, i guess i hadn't really appreciated it all until you know being an adult and listening to other people's stories listening to other friends stories and realizing that um yeah i was pretty pretty fortunate um and you know, every now and then, I just have these little waves of, of, of gratitude, and I pick up my pick up the phone, and I and I call my mum, and I was like, "Mum, no reason. I'm just calling you to say thank you. You're awesome." Mm-hmm. Um, just because, you know, the the inspiration takes me, mm-hmm. takes me there. It's it's um, um, I feel that they they gave me a lot of support and. Um, and courage and freedom to to really just be who I am. Mm-hmm. Um, still trying to figure out who that who that is myself. <laughs> but um, yeah. yeah, but um, yeah, I'm just just really lucky that um, that there was no none of their needs put upon me. Interesting. It was all about what do you like to do, and I was given exposure to a heap of things. Um, uh, athletics and music and 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 different sports and anything I really was interested in, mm-hmm. it was like oh give it a go, you know you can do that. Yeah. Um, and it wasn't there wasn't any of that. Oh, we don't know about that, you know. Uh, it's like you're interested in it, give it a go. If you like it, keep going. If you don't, that's okay too. So that's really shaped my attitude as an adult. Mm-hmm. Um, when I hear about opportunities or I hear about things that happen, I'll go, oh, that sounds like fun. I'll give yeah. that a go. Um, uh, without sort of stopping to, to think about, you know, the negative things about what possibly could happen. It's like, it sounds fun. I'm going to do it. And, uh, and, and that, that's the courage I feel that, that my parents gave me with the, with the upbringing that I had. Gorgeous, gorgeous. I was going to ask you what you think their special source was uh, as parents, but I think you answered that question nicely. Is there anything you'd like to add to that? Their special source? Um, Good question. Um, I think they were just so... um, You know, they, they came from, you know, from backgrounds where... Um, they had to go out and be very independent very early, mm-hmm. um, and they they really chose their own destinies. Both of them. My, yeah. my father my father was an immigrant from the UK, and my and my mother grew up on a, on a dairy farm, and and wow. knew that that she did not want to live on a dairy farm. Yeah, and so her way out was you know she had to trust her smarts and 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 work hard and 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 be driven and um and and get out yeah and she did that Mm -hmm. and my father and she met up with my father who's from the uk and it's like well the two of them just sort of forged their own destiny together yeah which um you know so there was no rule they didn't come from sort of real rules um Mm. and because we moved around so much as uh, as kids um 
we were very together as a as a family unit. Right. Um, and again, that's carried through to my adult life because my brother and I still work together. Yeah. We have a family business, and a lot of that is because yeah, we moved around a lot. We um, and uh, we we didn't have a huge huge numbers of of family in the you know within you know within an hour or two's drive we when when i was a kid we we'd have to jump in the car and drive for two days to go from from canberra to uh to the gold coast where yeah. majority of my family were or we'd have to get in a plane and go to the uk so um yeah there was family around but uh, that um but it was a real trick to get there yeah mm. it sounds like there's a really kind of just get on with it kind of attitude with the family it's like if you don't just get on the plane to the uk you don't see your mom that's right your, your dad doesn't see his mom mm -hmm. if you don't if you don't get travel that two hours you don't get to do the thing you need to do mm -hmm. so it, it just sounds like there's this really strong sense of like just getting on with things absolutely getting on with things setting a goal um, setting a goal and then doing what you need to do to get it done. Yeah. Uh, whatever that is. And, you know, if you don't have the education, go educate yourself. If you, um, and that's the freedom. That's the mm -hmm. freedom that they, that they gave me. And, yeah. you know, I'm, I'm, I'm really, really lucky that, um, that they gave that, they gave that gift to me yeah. that it's like, you can do, I honestly do believe I can do anything Yeah. because they told me I could. Yeah. Um, and, you know, it's, it wasn't until sort of I got up, you know, being an adult that, that, that not, I realized that not everybody has that. They're, that, you know, they're, they're carrying a lot of baggage from, um, from being told what they should and shouldn't be doing and growing up. Mm. And I think that sort of gives a lot of, you know, gives a lot of adults, uh, a lot of baggage to carry around that, that needs a bit of unpacking and, yes. and um, <laughs> And why I have a job. <laughs> and why you have a job, exactly. Okay. Mm. Awesome. I mean, I, I love your parents and I know them and cherish them dearly. And I think there's two things, um, you know, cherish and devotion mm -hmm. are the two things that are really inherent in your family. And when we were having lunch with your mum and dad earlier in the year, I just I just loved this this thing that your mum said. She said, oh, I wish there was a news channel with just good news on it. <laughs> and you said, I love my mum. See, this is why I love my mum. And yeah. I was like, God, mm -hmm. this is, it's just so simple, but yep. so insightful. Mm -hmm. And, you know, the other thing is, I mean, they're both super active, even in their kind of 70s and 80s now, mm -hmm. right? They're yep. like, are they like world gateball champions or something like that? And also they lived in Shanghai and they... She taught in an international school in Tokyo until about 10 years ago. And, and she, she used to be super sporty, your mum as well, didn't she? And, mm -hmm. then, and, and then your dad was going in and flying in and out of the UK. Because mm -hmm. his, did his mum reach 100? Yeah, yeah, she reached 100. And she is a cheeky... She, is, she, she was cheeky. So yeah. Winnie the Witch, bless her. <laughs> um, I hope I, I carry some of that irreverence. Oh, you definitely spirit. do, my dear. Um, um, I, you know... Again, no rules. Mm -hmm. uh, no rules applied. Yeah. You know, that it's sort of, you know, you, you come sort of from a working class background and, and um, you know, the only way is up if you choose. If, if that's, you choose. If you choose, yeah. if that's your path. And, and you've also got to, you know, have a personality about it. You've got to have some, yeah. some a sense of humour and, and be able to, you know, just, just enjoy life. Yeah. Um, and, um, you know, yeah, I have a ton of businesses. I don't think I'm ever going to be like a multi-million, 1% millionaire, but the quality of life that we have is just, it, 
it's just we have so much fun and we have you know it it means that I'm sort of not locked into you know a, a nine to five yeah day to day and I think a lot of that is the the, the spirit that's that's come through you know the general it's a generational thing the spirit that's come yeah. through I yeah love it. Love maybe it. I should descend from gypsies or something <laughs> Yeah, maybe you do to some travelling folk. That's a, a lovely idea. Um, gorgeous. Um, I, I'm just interested again to talk about your dad very quickly because he moved like, I mean, he's in his 80s now, is that right? Yeah, that's right, yeah. So, mm-hmm. like, it was quite unusual for people of that generation to just kind of up and leave the UK. Mm-hmm. What do you see in your dad? Because I know you adore your dad. Mm-hmm. Like, what do you see in your dad that really kind of, prompted that I'm just so interested in understanding people's stories of like that get up and go and just get on with things um I think he's he's always had a you know a sense of adventure um and um you know during the war he was he he was uh looked after by his his um his you know his grandmother and his aunt who were you know quite you know, quite cheeky and irreverent themselves. Yeah. Um, and then, um, you know, sent off to 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 Europe um, again during the the fifties. So this is post war mm-hmm. um, in the military. And I just think he just there was just more to life. Than, I see. And the, there was the opportunity of of you know with ten pounds getting getting a passage to Australia. I see. So he took one of those tickets. Yeah. Interesting. But. I think, I, and I'll have to sort of sit down and have a talk with him about it, but uh, over the years he has given me some insight into some of the early mentorship that he had mm-hmm. um, in, you know, he was in the Devonshire Regiment when he was 17 or 18. Yeah. You know, um, and um, and then he worked in a department store. But I, I seem to remember that some of the, you know, almost like the, some of the self-help things that, that come about with yeah. various, with you know, with various uh, um, personal development coaches and whatever he said a lot of these things came from yes. from the original coaching that he had in in the, in in the, the army in yeah. the army um, and it's you know know yourself you know uh, be honest and uh, work hard um, and and he said a lot of these things are just not not new ideas no they're, they're, no you know even going back you know, as long as people have been around, yeah. these ideas have been around. I've just been repackaged to to suit whatever the the modern the modern the era. Uh, vernacular yes. as well. The modern vernacular that's beautiful. Yeah. Um, yes, but you know, I think the themes that that run all the way through. Um, and um, you know, I'd, I'd like to talk to him again actually and get yeah. some more insight about that because he's you know he's told and he'll bring up the names and I've forgotten who they are oh now. press record on yeah. that one darling yeah. get the iPhone out and press record yeah. oh, like the, just the, the, those those key lessons that that, yeah. um, that were brought out then. absolutely brilliant I mm. love what you're saying here because I often like and what I do as a coach and, and you know running workshops and retreats and things like that to what religion used to fulfill for me mm-hmm. like confession and going to church every Sunday and like so I, I now love kind of gathering groups together because mm-hmm. of course I I wasn't allowed to be a leader in that capacity mm-hmm. in 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 my uh, in my religion of origin, um, but I love that that these ideas are kind of repackaged to fit the modern vernacular. Mm-hmm. I think you've hit on something really yeah. really useful there, Tracy. Thank mm-hmm. you. Okay, so so we've looked at your parents and the value and the 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 
the incredible skills that they gave you and the love that they gave you and the, the how that unit came together for you so let's bring us up to date now mm -hmm. uh what happened then so once your family settled in north north australia is that yeah, right queensland. in, in queensland, queensland. Mm -hmm. so then you you leave you, you go to school you leave school what 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 brought you from what brought you to japan so let's come up oh, to a, 2000 it's a a little bit of a story as well uh -huh. I, I i went to school i was very fortunate that that the languages offered at school at my school were, were french german and japanese okay and um you know it just sounded different so yeah. and so i did Jap i took japanese i had no real connection to japan at all mm -hmm. other than um various grandparents fighting in wars <laughs> <laughs> well we know we do mention the war now yeah. don't we we, do. we just we're so integrated it's That's such right. an interesting thing isn't yeah. it like when i arrived here 18 years ago people were a little bit more sensitive and i was a bit more sensitive about mm -hmm. it now but we can just sit around tables with yeah. multinational people mm -hmm. all from different you well, know it happened all from it uh, high five sis yeah. it happened it happened it happened yeah. and now here we are well and you we've got to recognize that it happened and call it out when it happened so that it doesn't well, that, um, yeah. yeah. Yes. God willing. Yes. Goddess willing. Goddess willing, exactly. <laughs> so, yeah, I, I, I had sort of no real connection with Japan, so, um, and but I had done Japanese at school. Um, and it, from another direction, my brother had, had, had found Japanese pop culture and uh, through art history and long story there. But... Um, he found himself in Japan when I was in about grade 11. So he came... What's grade 11? Grade 11. Uh, 15, 16 15, years 16. Old. So is okay. that like is 12, 12 grades? So He's a couple of years older than you, right? Four. Four years. Four. Okay. Yes. War children. So mm -hmm. Vietnam War. So mm -hmm. um, big gap between us. Because ah, because your yeah. dad had to go in. Yeah. Okay. Mm, yeah. Um, and so, yeah, he found himself in Japan when he was... Uh, when I was 15 and and so for his 21st birthday I you know I said to mum I said oh I'd like to go to Japan for winter holidays or, which is the summer here um and um mum said okay <laughs> you want to go like you know you've got you've got your savings you can go so uh -huh. I went um <laughs> uh, looking back I'm thinking you know my mother let me go to another country on my own um when I was 16 years old like you know yeah I was coming to visit my older brother yeah but yeah there's a there's courage there yeah there's courage and there's some trust there as well isn't there like there's a real there's something about your mum isn't there and your both your parents where they just kind of let you be yeah they yeah. do they, they do and they, they they obviously always encouraged us to to be out be true to ourselves mm -hmm. be um, work hard, try hard. Yes. Um, don't rest on your natural abilities. Mm. Um, at one point I was wanting to be a doctor and I don't know. Oh, me too. <laughs> I don't know if that was, your daughter is so smart. She could be a doctor if she wanted to be. And then yeah. that was the imprint or whether that came from, or I'm not sure how that happened, but it yes. was encouraged, yes. you know, aim high. Yes. You know, Obviously, I never became a doctor, but you know, shoot, you know, shoot for the, you know, shoot for the sky. Yeah, there was a there was a sense of like, yeah, 
shoot for it. And, you know, even if you miss, you're still, you know, you're still up in the heavens, right? Yes. So, um, the, always, be, you know, believe that you can do it. Yeah. Be, you know, if you, if you think you can do it, you can do it. Uh-huh. So, uh, um, like I said, I thought everybody had that sort of opinion or, or, or that sort of drive or that mm-hmm. sort of um, freedom. Yeah. But there's a lot of people who do no. not. Um, that had lived with a lot of fear. Yeah. So, um, where was I? <laughs> I just came to Japan when I was when I when I was sixteen, um, just to to hang out with my brother. He was twenty one, and and I was you know sixteen, and so um, I, just to hang out. Um, I'm I've never really been sort of the Japanophile, like you know. No, me neither. Actually, people say that to me quite often. Oh, you must love Japan. And I'm like. Not well. Yes, I love my life. Yeah, but exactly. That's not mm-hmm. really my thing. Whereas your brother is very much the something or file, right? Or no? Well, he has been. He's like, uh, I think he fits in here better than than he'd fit in other places because mm-hmm. here in Japan, there, um, there's a club for everybody. Yes, for you know every interest and and. Um, niche, and niche, and and the the wonderful thing about J- Japan is that it, it's celebrated. It's like, you know, you want to do something that's a little bit out there. It's like, well, there'll be a group. There'll be a group, and there'll there'll be a tribe for you. Exactly. So, um, Rock up with your suitcase, change, go to the tribe, that's and leave. Right. <laughs> and and so there's a there's a there's a belonging. You'll find a belonging somewhere. I love that, Tracy. I think a lot of people get Japan wrong in that sense that everybody has to conform. But actually, oh. so long as you stay within some some bounds mm-hmm. there's a lot of freedom here to 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 express yourself mm-hmm. within yeah. within the rules yeah and as long as you know the rules and learn the rules mm-hmm. then you can have a great deal of leeway i think is probably the best way to describe it well and there's multiple tribes as well so Absolutely. And, and so for the to the for your various parts of your personality you can find a tribe that 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 scratches your dramatic ish yes. itch, or your, you know, or your uh, your sporting thing, or you know, just your kooky whatever. Yeah. There is something that'll cover all different types of but you've got to get out there that's the thing yeah and find it I love that it's like there's a lot of weekend punks and a weekend rockers yeah. who by day are like rocking up to you know yep. Mitsui Sumitomo or something like that in, in their suits and ties in their suits yeah. and ties and then every mm-hmm. now and then the wind will blow and you'll see a little shaved yeah. side and you're like you're a weekend punk that's right, that's right. <laughs> I love it I love that I love mm-hmm. that yeah so it, it's good that you can sort of you know, have the freedom to explore all sorts of sides of yourself um, and find other people who will celebrate that. So, yeah. Brilliant. So yeah. let's let's move on then. So you, you're Richard's here, you're here. You're not yep. in a Japanophile particularly. No. You find yourself here on holiday. What was your first experience here like? How did you enjoy it? What was your, you know, what was your takeaway from that? I felt because I was travelling on my own. Yeah. And I was deciding my own destiny, deciding mm-hmm. my own itinerary, yes. planning my own travel. There was yes. no one doing that for me. I got a taste for it. You oh. know, I got a taste for self-direction and self-determination. And and and, um, and to this day, I'm still the travel organiser in our family. It's just like, you know, I'm, we're doing something. I'm the one who, who finds out 
where to go, how to get there, what to do well with it. That's that's my role. Mm-hmm. Um, and it first started when I came here the first time. It's something that, you know, I, I, I'm good at. I enjoy doing it. And so, um, yeah, that's that's where I learnt that part of myself. Huh. Hmm. But in, in terms of the Japan side of things, um, you know, I guess because I'd studied a little bit of it, of Japanese before I came. And, you know, of course, when you learn a language, you learn part of the culture. Yeah. Um, what I did really, you know, enjoy were the, the sweets and the candies and the foods that were here that, yeah. that were, were just unusual that yeah. we hadn't been seen anywhere else. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Mm. So let's, let's, so now then you actually moved to Japan at some point. How old were you then? Well, that was 16. Back to, back to finish school, went to university. Um, and then I was a chemist of all things. So working in a food laboratory, testing, you know, testing export beef for pesticide residues, <laughs> as you do. Um, <laughs> So really random. I did that for a few years. So yeah. working in a food lab, um, and um, and then I went into sales, of course, because you know being in a lab is you know, very confining and, and like the same people. And I'm really um, yeah, I'm a bit of an extrovert. Yeah, you yeah, it's good for you to be out there, isn't it? It's, yeah, yeah. So I I went and there was an again there was an opportunity within the company to become a sales rep, and I went yeah, I can do that. So. Um, and so they moved me from the lab into selling things that I was actually making, um, and, you know, working with hospitals and medical research facilities and, and, um, and that was, that was a, that was a whole lot of fun. Mm-hmm. Yeah. That was a whole, again, a whole lot of freedom, a whole lot of, um, you know, determining my own schedule and determining my own, um, uh, when I would work and how I, how I would work. And, mm-hmm. and I got to, you know, I was doing that until I was about mm, 28, I think. Oh, wow. Okay. So I didn't move here until I was 29. Okay. Yeah. So yeah. Uh, it's a good good, good chunk of time where I was, you know... Working was, in the business world in... in yeah. What, what was your takeaway from that, do you think? Like, what do you think... How did that set you up for this? Well... I got married early, mm-hmm. so I got married early, yeah. um, and thought that that's what was going to be my life. Mm-hmm. Um, and how old were you? Uh, Twenty-one. Twenty-one. Mm-hmm. Twenty-one. Engaged at nineteen, much to my parents' horror. Yeah, like, you know, I'd been dating this older chap, and and um, and uh, that was all fine. But um, then when I when they said, "Oh, I'm I'm getting en- I've got engaged," and I was just like. You're what? <laughs> that was then where their freedom ran out. <laughs> well, they so they were supportive, yeah. of course. Um, there was because they, you know, in though their day, they got they got together very young and yeah. and um, uh, but uh, yeah, it's just like what are you doing? Yeah. I remember at one point my mother said, "Are you sure? Yeah, are you really sure? And if you're not, now is the time to do something." Mm-hmm. And it's like. Not gonna do it. Okay. Yep. <laughs> um, not married very long. So, I, but I think that was a blessing in disguise. Did feel it up at the time, but it was a blessing in disguise because I just wasn't cut out for that. That sort of life plan set out for me for the next for the next twenty thirty years determined by somebody else. I see, which and that's is what it was. Yeah. Gorgeous. I love that because you know one of the one of the kind of pillars of coaching is to always look at everything as a lesson mm-hmm. 
and I, and I love that this is one of the things the, the things I love about the story of your life is that you always look back and, and look for the juice in mm -hmm. what's happened and the lesson and yeah. you always tend to face forward and, and move forward and it is a story of kind of recovery and resilience never as the victim never in a complaining way mm. and and I, and I just I just love that. I just love the way that you tell your story and what it's all about. I mean, that with the I always forget that you were married when you were young, and I remember when we were preparing for your wedding ten years ago, and um, and you were talking about your dress and how you'd really invested in it and you'd got it tailored and everything. And I said, well, you might as well invest in it. You only you only use it. You only have one wedding dress, don't you? And you said to me, no, not me. <laughs> <laughs> no, I didn't. Yeah. And we had a good giggle and. Yeah. Um, so that so that the learning that you took from the first marriage was that it was there to teach you that that wasn't your path. That's right. That mm. wasn't your path. That there was something different out there for you. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Um. And it was heartbreaking at the time. Let's absolutely. be absolutely. Yeah. You were, I wouldn't wish it on anybody. No. Um. You know that said, I still you know I I wished harm on the person at the time. I've let that go. <laughs> well done. <laughs> yeah. It's like. You know, hating somebody, I was just saying this the other day, it's like hating somebody is like you drinking poison every day and hoping that somebody else dies. Yeah. Well, you know, that's like, it's not going to have any effect on, on, on that. You just, you can only control on what, yeah, on your own, on your own destiny. So, mm -hmm. um, you know, chalk it up to experience. And then what I did was, you know, put on some feathers and some sequins and went to dance parties a lot. That's right. So you became the, the ultimate... Gay girlfriend, right? I don't know about ultimate, but yes, um, I I found a different tribe. Um, I found a tribe that was extremely, you know, accepting and loving. And um, the more fabulous you were, the better. Yeah, and they, they, you know, there was just no pressure. It was just, you know, how fabulous can can how, can we out fabulous each other? Yeah, and. Um, and it was a really, really special time in my life. Yeah. So you know, again, gave me uh, filled my filled my soul with courage and and um, and you know realized I was more than than the label of a you know a divorced person. Yeah. So that that's what it was. Mm. Yeah. So, Is that happening while you were in Australia? Yes. Yes. Oh, okay. mm. yeah. Yeah. So super fun. Um, Friends that are lifelong friends that I, you know, still see a lot, um, you know, and, and through the magic of the internet can keep in contact with a lot. lot. Yeah. yeah, I love that you've got this beautiful photograph on your wall, haven't you, of you with all that tri Brisbane tribe, right? Yep. Mm -hmm. The Brisbane yeah, friends. The family. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Beautiful. We all had, like, family t-shirts made as well. Oh. Yeah. With, like, nicknames on the back and... It's so important. Community is so important, isn't it? And having a circle of people and having a group who you can, you know, um, who you can really rely on and look after and and who see you, who That's see right. you for That's who right. you are. Because mm -hmm. when you're coming out of something like your first marriage and the heartbreak and the kind of the way it makes you question yourself and all those kinds of things, tell me where I'm wrong. No, no, you're yeah. absolutely right. To have other people kind of reflect back your brilliance and beauty to you is so important so that you can just build yourself back up again and become, as you say, not just the kind of divorcee. And have people look at you and go, and how are you? Hmm. It's like, no. <laughs> it's like, see me. Feathers, see yeah. me. <laughs> see me. Yeah. See me. Yeah. Um, but it was, it, it was a, it was a way to, you know, it, it it, it was a way to explore a different side of myself that hadn't really had a lot of 
food and hadn't had a lot of um, oxygen. Yeah. Um, and, you know, it's hard work to keep up all that fabulousness. In yeah. You know, it's, it's a lot of work yeah. um, to be on. Um, and the danger is that you can, you know, you can you can put the mask on and you can put the, you can, you can wear the dress and you can wear the, you can wear the, the, the image and, you know, you get lost, your, your authentic self gets a lost a little bit. So, you know, you need to be around people that, that love you, the fabulous side, as well as the, you know, as the real side and see both and, and accept both. Yeah. Mm. I love it. But it's reciprocated as well. So, yeah. uh, um, you know, there's been some beautiful moments where, uh, you know, where, where people have been, you know, having a, having a great time, everyone's celebrating, but then there are times when they need you and you're there. Mm. So that reciprocal thing you're talking about there, Tracy, I know a very specific example, if you don't mind me naming it, that you would share with me. Mm-hmm. So there's a very specific example, isn't there, where one of your friends sat you down and gave you a talking to because yes. you were really in that space of not feeling like you were enough mm-hmm. and feeling a bit like you weren't good enough yeah. or something along those lines and mm-hmm. you weren't, you just weren't acknowledging, you were shining the light on everybody else mm-hmm. but weren't shining it back into yourself and mm-hmm. this friend sat you down, right? So mm-hmm. would you like to tell actually, us about that? This is so important that yeah. we witness each other. It was three friends actually and it yeah. was just, they, they, they were, it, I felt that, my value was when I was wearing the mask, when I was wearing, right. when I was on that, yeah, you love me because when I'm on, I'm funny and, you know, I'm funny as hell and I'm, and, 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 uh, you know, I make you feel a certain way and, mm-hmm. and, and I'm, and I, uh, like I said, I'm funny and, and, and <laughs> so, and that's what I thought, what was my value mm-hmm. and they're going, well, no, we we like you for you, who you are, and like, and I was just like, I kept deflecting yes, and deflecting. I can imagine. And, yeah. And no, 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 no. It's like really, like really pushed in, and it was just made me realize that no, they saw me, they saw me as all of the on bit, but also all of the other bit as a as a as a complete person, oh. and that person was was a valuable human oh my god i've got chills oh, no, all over my body i've got full body goosebumps yeah we call them fbgs and sarah for your, for all your coaching and it's when it is it's when serious. everyone in the room has got them it's and it's when it's when we it's it's that like that I, I just like it's a feedback system these these goosebumps for a feedback system and to me it's the only way i really know when we've got down to a really strong authentic truth Mm -hmm. because it's out here and it's in our bodies and I just love it and I call it FBGs and I know then I just love that story so much Mm -hmm. but then that's not the end of that story is it definitely not so when we talk about this reciprocal thing as well and I think this has happened quite recently is that right about 12 months ago yeah about 12 months ago so this is like 25 years later 25 years later so then what happens next well in the meantime I'd had like a couple of times where I'd felt like I, I, I felt like I wanted to write a letter and say thank you to yeah. the, the, these three, these three, you know, beautiful people who who were there, who, who were there that day, and I wanted to write a letter, and and I just never never did it and for some reason that I never actually put pen to paper, but I happened to have a um, a 
a coffee, just me and 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 um, a girlfriend that I went to high school with, and 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 I sat there and I said, look, I need to tell you something, and I'm if I cry, I'm sorry, <laughs> but I need to tell you something that the the gift that you gave me that 25 years ago gave me so much power and so much courage, and I want to thank you. And she tried to deflect it. <gasps> and she tried. She said, oh no, I didn't. I didn't do anything. I didn't. You know. Uh, you know. I'm I'm happy that you're happy, but you know, this is all you. It's like, oh no, darling, absolutely not. Yeah. You. Um. You didn't let me you didn't let me deflect that uh, gift um, or pass it off as oh you know it's not important it, it was you made me realize my own value as a, as a human and that's extremely powerful it's um, extremely powerful because you know like I said I'm not gonna be a multimillionaire I'm not gonna be super famous I'm questioning that but we'll come back to that <laughs> whatever but uh, that seems to be what what society values, but at the end of the day, that's that that's one percent of the whole population. Ninety nine percent of people need to feel that that they are also a valuable member of the oh human my God, race. That's beautiful. That's beautiful, Tracy. Yeah, absolutely. And you know, this this technique you've actually used has been identified in positive psychology mm-hmm. as an actual technique where you write a letter to somebody and the idea is you actually take it to them and you read it to them. Right. And and read the letter to them and mm-hmm. it creates positivity in both people mm-hmm. and then it creates a kind of more, a, a, a general positivity in the field and, and mm-hmm. I think that you, you actually did this without realising you were doing a technique who knew? Who knew? <laughs> Who knew? But you're absolutely right. Just witnessing people in that way is yeah. so, so important. I did this for a friend, my German friend, who was returning back to Germany. Um, and I um, wrote her this letter on the back of a little postcard I was going to give her. And I'd written it really small. And when I got to the place where we were saying goodbye to one another, I'd forgotten my glasses. So I couldn't <laughs> read it. So I had to take photographs of yeah. sections of it and zoom in on oh, it. Bliss. So it kind of took us out of the moment. But at the same time, it still had the same effect. Right. We both had a little, you know, a little glassy eye mm-hmm. there. There was a little, mm-hmm. little something in both of our eyes there. Well, I mean, it's it's human. It's a human experience, and and in the day to day running around of of, of living, um, you know, I think a lot of that gets forgotten. Um, and it's just Agreed. really important just. You know, not to have like daily existential <laughs> crises, but just to realise that you know what life is all about. It's not yeah. just getting up and going to work and going to bed. It's just life is is it's there to be lived and it's there to be you know enjoyed. Um, and human connection is such a, a real part of that. Absolutely, absolutely. And um, yes, and that gratitude thing as well, like showing gratitude to somebody it's like because that was a real pivot point in your life wasn't Mm -hmm. it when these people sat down and had that conversation with Mm -hmm. you it took you into some kind of depths of yourself and then you you were able to deliver that gift back to your friend as well Mm um I I love it I I I just think that's such a lovely story Tracy and so Mm -hmm. in line with the way that you just authentically and genuinely live your life and take take life by the scruff of its neck or whatever Mm -hmm. that sounds so violent doesn't it like (laughs) take life and just you know pull just just with joy there's so much joy Mm -hmm. yeah oh i wish i read more poetry because you know there's the poetry that i did in high school was all about sucking the marrow out of life and all the existentialist you know that those are the things that you know i haven't read these things for 20 years but i sort of wanting to keep coming back to them because that's you know 
these, you know, William Blake and all of those people, they, they, they had all of these same human thoughts however however long ago so it's still part of being human absolutely um, and it sort of connects us across the across the ages yeah love so, it and I, I think this is one of the the reasons i'm having these conversations with people as well is because i want that feel that connection mm -hmm. the connection between you and i but also the connection in this room and also just the connection with the audience mm -hmm. as well so and, and you know and just pulling out what we can of of that like resilience and joy and how to be just just embracing our lives and, and, and having so much, you're just creating that style that yeah, we love, yeah. you know, mm -hmm, mm -hmm. getting right into there. Mm -hmm. All right, so early days in Tokyo. So you continued being fabulous. <laughs> and you, because uh, when I met you, you, you were so very fabulous. And um, there were many corsets. There were, <laughs> there many, were many corsets. corsets. There were... And there were many feathers and there yes. were many glitters. Mm -hmm. And there was a lot of clubbing still. Yes. And there was just a lot of very creative people in the, in our, mm -hmm. like, when we met, we met through a mutual friend, right, who lived in Brisbane, who mm -hmm. I was in a shared house with. Mm -hmm. And so there was just a lot of, just a lot of fabulousness. Like, we, 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 we lived the spectrum. What was just so nice is that that about living in Tokyo in my like like early thirties was that just the broad variety of people that you would meet yeah um, and it was just so much fun it was such an inclusive group too though, yeah because we were all foreign mostly yeah or all from you know from somewhere else yeah um, and you know a lot of our Japanese friends were from not actually native from Tokyo anyway yeah so there was again a new tribe. Um, and, but there, there was all flavors within that. So, and it was all very, very accepting. It's like, you mm -hmm. know, there are, there were gay people and there were the straight people and there were pansexual people. It doesn't, and it, and it didn't really matter. It was just, you know, who you were and how much fun you could have and, and, um, how much karaoke we could sing. Oh yeah, there was karaoke. <laughs> there was much karaoke. There was some interesting clubs. There, there was, was a lot of underground kind of stuff, of wasn't there? Yeah, but the thing is, you can explore that sort of thing here, and, yeah. like anything here, and you know that it's a really, really safe place. And, yeah, and uh, you know, you can have a few too many drinks and walk down the street and not sort of be worried about, uh, you know, someone taking your bag or worse. Um, and that's what's lovely about Japan, which is still. Thank goodness, which is still a, a factor here. Yeah, there's an incredible freedom afforded to us in that respect, isn't mm. there? Yeah. Yeah. Um, so tell us about um, N4 then. Well, that's a family The creation, business. the yeah. start, Japan, the Keitai goddess, how you how you forged this kind of persona, or what would you call it, like an avatar, this <laughs> this creature, the Keitai goddess, who got on the front of magazines and... Yes you know, was, was just this, this great character when I first arrived here and uh, the apps, the wake of the iPhone and maybe we can have a little look at the, um, the, the when disaster struck That's right. and how you recovered from that because I just love how pragmatic you are about these things and it's not to say that you're not sensitive because you're incredibly sensitive and we've winched together many a time <laughs> but like it's, it's that sense of like just getting pick yourself up and move on pick mm -hmm. yourself up and move on while feeling your feelings yeah, that's right mm -hmm. you know just just love it and and bigger things like when i think about some of the things that you faced i'm like whoa how did you recover from that mm -hmm. well it's just you know you got to just take one day at a time i i don't know if it's a good thing or a bad thing i've never really been a massive goal setter as in like really articulated like 
I want this and I want it to look like this and I want it to have it by this day. You've started that recently though, haven't you? Well, I have, yeah. I think 50's looming. So, so let's... Um, good, good one, <laughs> good one. 50's looming. Well, no, 50's, 50's arriving with its arms wide open. That's right. To fill right. you up with, with more gravitas and joy right. and crone status, 50's darling. The black, is we'll it? We'll be wearing yeah. our crone crowns. Mm. Oh, I must get those made. Branding yeah. them. Sarah Fruity Coaching, crone crowns. <laughs> Available on iTunes. Anyway, so <laughs> and all good retailers. So, um, yeah. So let's go back there. So when N four started, and just take us on that journey a little bit. Well, I I've got to be really brutally honest. The creative, the creative vision has always been my Richard. brother. Always, yeah. um, and. Um, you know, all credit to him. He he doesn't just... I've always said that he doesn't actually just think outside the box. He just draws a new box and thinks outside of that. Yeah. Um, and again, he's... You know, he doesn't hear the word no a lot. As in, even if someone says it, he just it doesn't may have a lot of resonance with him. And it's just like, well, I can do that and I can do that. Again, perhaps, because we're, we're all of the same nature, nurture, you know, upbringing. Um, and um, so... Yeah, he he just decides on something and, and goes and does it. We don't plan things out very well or don't plan things out a lot. It's just we see an opportunity and we go and take it. Yes. So I just want to interrupt here because what I'm hearing here, Tracy, is that there's no one way to do business, actually, because you have a thriving business for the last 20 years. And it's gone up and down and up and down and up and down. And you are truly entrepreneurial in that way because you keep innovating, innovating and finding new ground and finding new ways to make money and finding new ways to do business. Mm. But you're saying like you're both quite unusual characters. He's very creative. He draws new boxes. He doesn't hear the word no very much. You don't Mm -hmm. plan very much. You're not really goal setters. Now, this goes against every book you'll read, every bit of business advice that anybody will give you. Mm -hmm. And yet... Here you are, and this is what I love, and this is one of the kind of focuses of this this series of, of interviews, of conversations, is to assure people that there are different ways to do things and do them well and do them successfully and do them in the way that feels right for you. Now, fine-tuning comes along the way, like you said. Oh, I'm knocking at 50's door now, mm-hmm. so maybe it's time to start planning a little bit more rigorously. Yeah. Of course, you have a young child as mm-hmm. well, and so there's a lot of kind of things that need to be factored into the next 10, mm. 15, 20 years that that mean more rigorous planning is going to be useful. On the other hand, I love this idea that you can do a business in your way. Well, it makes it hard. It, it Sometimes our style makes it hard for people to work right. for you. Yeah. Because some people want to have need a very definite structure and yeah. they want to have you know, the weekly meetings where they know what they're going to be doing and they don't, they, they're not able to, you know, have a curveball thrown at them and then them to be able to deal with it. That, if that's not your personality, then, then, then really we're not the right place for you to work. Yeah. And that's fine. Yeah. Um, that said, I think we, you know, there are things that we could do, you know, we could do better to help ride out some of these storms, some, mm-hmm. you know, sometimes. Um, but at the same time, I think if we're, you know, we, you know, we wait for things to be perfect, then, you know, that, that ship sailed. Yeah. Um, and, you know, there's, there's no real way to run a business. There's, you know, as long as you've got, 
you know, you hire people that do your taxes and follow the law. Yes. Um, <laughs> and which is yeah, kind of important. Yeah. Um, and really, you can set your own rules. It's like, no, you know, the one thing is, is that, you know, if every, let's say everything does go to go to hell in a handbasket and we, we, it's not sustainable anymore. I've got my health. I've got my talents. I can always go and work for somebody else, right? Yeah. So, you know, and when you know that, and it's not like, oh my goodness, it's the be all and end all. I have to make this right. And I have to make this perfect. Um, then, then you, then you sort of limit yourself immediately. Mm. But if you think, well, you know, I'm going to give it a go, um, then, uh, and we'll we'll see what happens. Um, I think it's going to work. I hope it's going to work. Um, then. Um, and then really, you just let the chips fall with their money sometimes, um, and you seize the opportunities where you see them, and and also you do things that you, that that really inspire you. So I'd just like to hear about like so how does that look? So when you and uh, Richard start the business at the beginning, he's already here. He started the business, and then you come over to join as what the VP at that point, vice president, or well, did you just join to just to 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 come and see what what was going to happen for you? And what was the business as well? What business were well, you in? The business... So this is... My brother started this business. Yes. So he originally was working in the music industry and oh, was... Yeah, he was working for music. Um, so he's always been into music of some description. Mm-hmm. Um, and it's K-pop at the moment, right? K-pop at the moment. Okay. Yes, he sort of spends half of his time in Japan, half of his time in Korea mm-hmm. um, following his K-pop bands and does does DJing. The man's in his mid-50s and does I, I, DJing the, in clubs. You guys are just so, like, yeah. out there, like, constantly reinventing yourselves. I think yeah. it's amazing. Hmm. Um, but, no, it started off with um, uh, input methods and desktop publishing. So um, he was working in the music industry and there was no way of um, printing Japanese characters on record album covers because printers couldn't handle the double double byte characters um and and it was all done litho it was all lithograph it was Mm -hmm. all sort of done manually but um and all printers at that time were made for single byte only and so it was made in the US or in those in those countries for English only characters, mm. Mm. and so Asian script and left to right scripts and all those things just couldn't couldn't happen on a normal printer. Um, and it's not that long ago that this was. This is I'm not talking the dim dark ages. I keep saying to my son who's eight that, you know, when I was a you know when I was a girl we didn't have I didn't even have a phone at home when I was growing up, you know, not even have a home phone. Now you know you're you're eight and you're asking me for a smartphone so you know how times have changed this the company started doing doing desktop publishing for fonts um and input methods and then um you know my brother went to the mac um the the macintosh developers conference in boston and i want to say this is mid 90s when they launched the newton i could look up the dates um and he Bought the first unit as a well, one of the first units that were on sale in that in that uh, conference. He got on the plane back to Japan. He wrote his first script for to run on that mobile device and the, on the Newton script, meaning like a computer script, so like JavaScript like, or C sharp oh, or something yeah, along those yeah, lines. So um, I think C, so a computer C++, script, plus, yeah, all so that like code, the he, matrix thing. Yeah, that's. So writing code, he was writing. He he wrote a program to run on this new com- 
handheld computer. Mm -hmm. And um, because he wanted to see what was under the hood and how he could work with it and how he could hack into it and play with it. And, and so then he became the distributor for that here and had a, and we, there was a whole hardware distribu distribution network as a way of shipping his software. That, so he was developing the software, which was again in, in running this single byte machine, running it so it would handle Asian scripts, so it would handle Japanese scripts. Amazing. So enter Tracy. I came in the year 2000, just as iMode, which was launched on, on flip phones, um, which was basically mobile internet. Mm -hmm. um, it, you know, these are the early days of the internet. So um, mobile internet, they, it uses a, a different type of HTML, which is called mm -hmm. CHTML. And NTT Docomo made this walled garden. So you could make, an, you could make a, 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 like a website but have it as a behind a behind a paywall, mm -hmm. so that you so for the, one of the first times, independent developers could get paid for developing software. Interesting. So we made dictionaries. So we started off making dictionaries for Entity Docomo. Twenty years later, it's still in use. Believe it or not, there no, are still people believe. with flip, flip phones, and we still get a certain amount of money every month for that for that legacy That's product. Incredible. I came, and my job was my job was to write the first proposal to get our first product onto NTT Docomo. At the moment, at that time we were selling software in a sh in shops in uh, on CDs, uh, shrink wrap so software. I'm pretty sure I've got one of those CDs hanging around Probably. this house somewhere. Probably. Yeah. Um, people still write to us and ask for them, believe it or not, <laughs> for, 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 for the Newton. So we used to ship software for the Newton. We used to ship software for other, for, for the Macintosh. Um, and, um, and then, but really the, our heart's always been in mobile. Yeah. And so, um, mobile devices at, at that time I'd walk around with, actually I still do walk around with mo multiple mobile devices on me. Um, the Keitai goddess. Keitai meaning mobile phone in Japanese, mm -hmm. right? So that's why you yeah. became the Keitai goddess. <laughs> yeah. So, and also being a girl, like a, a woman in tech is, is, is not very... Not Celebrity very, status? Right. Um, I, I met up with so 